the nemeses in today's unseen battle are imposter syndrome and perfectionism. They're related. They're like sisters that show up together at the parties we throw them. I'll give you a recent example from my life. I created a three-minute trailer for this podcast. It took me over 20 hours to create that trailer because I kept writing and rewriting and recording and re-recording. I was so worried that my trailer wouldn't be good enough, interesting enough for people to want to listen to my podcast. Eventually, I launched with one because I ran out of time. But I can give you a laundry list of things that were wrong with it. Intellectually, I got it that the trailer does not have to be perfect. It has to be good enough. But still, I couldn't let it go. A lot of us are fighting these feelings on an almost daily basis. I want to let you know that you're not alone. I'm in the same boat as you are, as is our today's guest, Clemence Cheridon. So, let us hear Clemence tell the story of her Unseen Battle. Hi there. You are listening to Unseen Battles, a podcast that brings you behind-the-scenes stories from women leaders. This is your reminder that as you work through your career struggles, you are not alone. I'm your host, Parul Goyal. Every two weeks, I'll bring you raw, honest conversations with a successful leader about a challenge they faced and how it changed them. So, let's get to it. Today, my guest is Clemence Tiradon. Clemence is a director of product and design at eBay. She has over 15 years of experience in product, process improvement, and user experience. Clemence is passionate about diversity and inclusion. Not only has she built a great team, but she has also built a great culture for that team to thrive. Now, I know Clemence for, I've known her for about eight years or so, and I met her through our Toastmasters Club. Clemence was one of these exceptional speakers that I really looked up to and learned from. In fact, Clemence won the Product Speaker Idol competition in 2019. And this was a public speaking contest organized by some of the industry leaders in Silicon Valley. Because she won the contest, she was a speaker at the Women in Product Conference, which is one of the biggest conferences for women in product. And Clemence, when I heard you had won, for one, I was super happy for you. And I wasn't surprised. I mean, you are such an engaging (laughs) speaker. I was like, okay, that makes so much sense that you won that contest. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much for the very kind introduction. Yeah, Clemence, thank you so much for uh, for being a guest on my podcast. You and I are going to talk about this big opportunity you had to present to a large audience and how your imposter syndrome showed up. So can right. you walk us through what happened? Definitely. Um and look, Farul, um, you know, I believe that nothing can ever be perfect, but I'm a perfectionist. So that was a constant tr- struggle in my daily life. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about a um, an experience I had back when I was just promoted director. And my team and I had built um, and were about to release a pretty cool product. Mm-hmm. Now, Every year in my company, every director and above would meet in our San Jose headquarters 
so that we can align on our strategic direction mm -hmm. for the company. So over the course of two days, we would participate in various sessions to align and, and collaborate. That means about over shy, shy over of 1,000 people from directors to the CEO were there. And having just been promoted to the director level, this was my first participation. I was really excited. Nice. Okay. Now, what happened um, is that about a week prior to this event, my organization leader, going through the readiness for this session, proposed that I, instead of her, present our new product. Okay. okay. <laughs> that was definitely an interesting uh, proposition. And this was a week where I felt horrible. Um, so my fear was around failing, that people would find me out as a fraud. It was really an, an, an experience of self-doubt self uh -huh. going into this, this presentation. And doubts really about, about my product, Did we involve enough customers in building the product? Did we involve enough stakeholders? Did I miss something obvious? And people will laugh at me during the presentation. But also doubts about my ability to, to present the product to the crowd. Will they understand me? I mean, I have a pretty strong accent, even you know, having spent the last 10 years or so in, this, in the US, um, I still have my accent. Will I freeze? Will I be ridiculous? So all those thoughts were with me in, the, in that first week. Um, For one, your first time at this, this workshop or working session, and you weren't just going to be attending, you were suddenly also going to be presenting. That's right. You, you mentioned that your fear was about what if you know, somebody finds a, a flaw in your product development philosophy right you know that somebody points out oh this isn't enough customers is that is that accurate that's right i mean we spent we spent a lot of time and effort and research and design around around these particular products we built it in collaborations with our customers um and and yet you know just being there presenting in front of the entire leadership of the company uh, just made me made me think that you know, that I'm a fraud, that it's not enough, that it wasn't enough, that I could, should have done more, etc., etc. And I have to ask you, Clemence, just because I know you as a, a really great public speaker, was the thought of going in front of this large, very senior audience also part of, like, was it also intimidating? Totally. And I think the, the fear, as I mentioned, were really twofold. One, about the product itself that I was presenting, but two, also about my ability to present flawlessly uh -huh. the, the product to, to the organization. So when you said presenting flawlessly, that's again your uh, perfectionism showing up. <laughs> totally. That was the expectation you had of yourself. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Go ahead. I am eager to hear what happened then. <laughs> well, you know, It's, it's interesting because obviously I was really happy about this, this opportunity, but also it, it, it threw me in a week of self-doubt, right? And so in order to, to address that, I mean, I put a lot of thought on what I will say, how I will say it, but I never felt that I had prepared enough or that it will be enough in order to be successful uh, in that presentation. And, you know, through my head were running the usual sorts of, 
I got this opportunity because I was lucky. It was uh-huh. big. It's certainly not because of my skills. And so you, you enter this vicious circle of uh, self-doubt, right? And so in order to address that, I had to remind myself that actually I can do it. I have done it before. I know how to do it. I am prepared for it. Um, not just, you know, because I prepared for that week um, leading to the event, but because I have spent years working on public speaking, working on getting experience in that field. You mentioned Toastmasters before being one of the experiences that, that I took with me. Right? Okay, so by this time, you were already a Toastmaster and you, you already had public speaking skills. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Clemence, what you said that you prepared both what will you say and how will you say it? Like, what did this week look like, right? In terms of, you know, were you how many hours were you putting in to prepare for the presentation? How were you feeling emotionally? Um, so how I was feeling emotionally, <laughs> ups and downs, a consistent roller coaster. Uh, from, yes, I know I can do it. I know what I'm saying to, oh my God, I forgot everything. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? <laughs> and um, and what the week, I mean, obviously you have your day-to-day job to do, but I did clear out a good portion of my calendar in order to prepare, um, ensure that we, you know, we, I was present for for rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not an event that, that you prepare in, you know, in a second, right? It takes a lot of time to get to that live presentation. Okay. And then then what happened at the event itself? How did you feel on the day of the event? <laughs> uh, thinking back to it, I am still an inner storm. Uh, maybe I'm going to describe it in that way. So my mind went blank. Okay. I, I, I barely remember you know, going to the booth where I was going to get makeup on or being mic'd um, or walking to the stage. I mean, you have to imagine this huge stage where it's more than a thousand people in front of you. And just right in front, you have the CEO, the CTO, the CPO. They are there. They're looking at you. They are waiting to see what you're going to say. Um, and so at that moment in time, I felt that I had forgotten everything, everything. Uh-huh. So I had to take a deep breath and say, you know what, you're here. So now you have to just do it. <laughs> and it's very interesting because I had the impression internally that my voice was trembling, that I didn't know what word I have to say next. Uh-huh. And those are the usual nervosity symptoms. Yeah, yeah. always with me. Um, and as I stepped out of the stage, I was really happy it was done. And I was beating myself up like, oh, you, you messed up this one this one sentence, you stumbled, that wasn't good, you know, and so I was reacting what just had happened and all the negative things that just happened. Mm-hmm. That was me stepping out of the, you know, the couple of stairs out of the stage. So once you were done, you were relieved, but also what you noticed were all of the things you could have done better, like the, a place where you stumbled, a place where you didn't say exactly what you had planned. That's right. How long was your speaking slot? I think it was about 10 minutes. It wasn't that long. It wasn't that yeah. long. Yeah. So 10 minutes is, yeah, it's still, I mean, you're right. It's not too long, but it's still a decent amount of time. Did you have a read on the audience? Like, could you, at that point, could you tell if it was going well or not, or if your audience were responding? 
<laughs> subconsciously, I think I could tell um, because obviously I worked a lot on making sure that I speak comfortably, people can understand. I open with a joke so that people can, you know, laugh, be interested. And you have to, you know, you're sitting in those events for the entire day, so you have to make sure you capture your audience interest, right? Yeah. Um, you know, as I stepped out of stage, people were clapping again. So all those signs were there showing uh -huh. that it was a positive experience for them. Yeah, for them. But I definitely didn't take that with me as I stepped out of stage at first, at least. So you got all of the positive signals. And, and I love the fact that you opened with a joke because you're right. In these day-long meetings, you get just so tired of being talked at. Anything like that, like an interesting opening can really uh, make a talk, uh, you know, super interesting. So, so then what happened? You walk up, walked off the stage. You were relieved. <laughs> so I get my mic off. And people were like, yeah, Clemence, that was awesome. You know, as I was walking back uh, to the very back of the room um, and got really, really positive feedback. So, the, and frankly, the, the feedback I received was not unusual, actually. Mm -hmm. I had done presentations before. Uh, people were telling me how how a real natural I was on stage, that I had a clear delivery, my young presentation was engaging, etc. And I just had to, you know, take that moment to self-reflect and take a breathing and say, yeah, actually, actually, that was a good presentation. <laughs> um, and, and I think, you know, I felt, even right now, I feel incredibly grateful I had this opportunity and I know that I was able to represent my product and my team very well to the organization. So reflecting back, it was a, it was an amazing experience. But at the, at, at the time when you're in, it certainly doesn't feel that way. And, you know, I, I always go back. So long, long time ago, in a communication training, a, um, a, a communication teacher, a communication trainer gave us a plastic rubber duck to mm -hmm. put on our desk. Mm -hmm. And he gave us this pretty good analogy that the duck on the water seems to move so effortlessly, right? Mm -hmm. The duck is gliding on the water. It's so calm. But under the surface, the duck is actually pushing really hard in order to move forward. And, and I still keep that image with me. I think it's such a strong image to keep in mind, to remind that hard work actually makes things seem effortless effortless yeah. but that's the hard work that actually makes things like a presentation successful right so the outcome is always perceived very differently from the way you feel sometimes when i give talks somebody i have had people tell me oh you are a natural and 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 there might be truth to that i do feel like that you know i, I have been doing the, uh, public speaking since i was a kid so i am very very comfortable with it but also for the very important presentation, I spend hours and hours. Mm -hmm. so a lot of that confidence comes not really from natural talent, but from knowing that I know what I'm talking about because I have practiced it like 50 times before I get on that stage. Mm -hmm. So I know exactly what you mean, that the more poised you look, there might there probably is a lot of work that has gone behind that poise. That's right. That's right. And, and, and yet my, my imposter always tell me that it wasn't enough, that you're yeah. not prepared enough, that you don't know what you're talking about, you know. And, um, and so it takes, it takes effort to get 
over that. <laughs> so for months when these positive reviews started coming in, uh, were you surprised? Yes and no. Okay. Again, I had spent a lot of time preparing. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I addressed my imposter, right? And those feelings, and we can talk a little bit more about that uh, mm-hmm. in more details. But if I look at things, objectively, it was a good presentation. And then I then did you go out and celebrate? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a team, we had, uh, you know, we went out and uh, spent the evening together. Nice. Uh, I wish they had made a video of that presentation. I would have loved to to watch it. There is actually a video of it, um, and it's internal, obviously. It's an internal presentation. Um, but what was funny is that it took me a couple of weeks uh-huh. to actually feel comfortable to to watch it. And it's every time, every time I speak and it's being recorded, it takes a lot of courage to go back and look at yourself. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the really cool things, and you and I learned that in Toastmasters, right, is that if you observe yourself, you can do two things. One is realize the good things that you're doing, which you may not realize if you, like me, have, you know, imposter syndrome and a lot of anxiety. Um, and two, you can look at the things that you want to improve. So it's a, const- a constant learning opportunity. But did that change your mind? Because when you had first finished the talk, you were like, you were really thinking about that stumble and then the, you know, one sentence that didn't go well. When you watched the video, did you feel differently about the talk? You're like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. You know, I think I, I mentioned at the beginning, I I don't think anything can ever be perfect. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a perfectionist. So yeah. I would say I was, yeah, it's 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 good. And I could have done this and this and this, and next time I'm gonna do this and this and this differently. <laughs> right. So for you, it was really an exercise to learn what you could do better next time. Exactly. That was your focus. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Sounds like pretty intense week for you, you know, with a very happy ending, Clemence. Did this experience change you at all? Look, I think every, every time that I have a presentation to make, be it a big presentation like this to a large audience or be it a, you know a meeting where there is something at stake I always feel the exact same which okay. is a lot of storm in my belly but I think that's okay I think that is now that I've taken the time and I've worked on it for, for a long time and I'm still working on it uh, and working on it, meaning addressing my anxiety and my destru- destructive thoughts. I mean, it's not destructive in that sense, but disruptive, maybe. No. Mm-hmm. Annoying thoughts. I have the tools I need in order to make it a successful experience. Mm-hmm. It's just about reminding myself to do that over and over and over again. So now when you have similar presentations, uh, Clemence, I know naturally because your your imposter syndrome, your perfectionism kicks in, but because you remind yourself that you do have the tools, is your experience any different? On the moment, uh, on the time of the event, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> <Be honest. laughs> uh, but I think it takes me a short uh, amount of time to get from that moment of 
deep stress to acknowledging that I can do it and therefore I will do it and move forward, right? Nice. Okay. So you still put in the work to remind yourself, but then you, yeah. you know, some of that anxiety does calm down. Correct. That's right. That's right. It has been said many times that people's number one fear is public speaking, right? Mm -hmm. Even bigger than death, like people fear public speaking more yeah. than they fear death. <laughs> Uh, so there are a lot of people who would find themselves in similar situations, important presentation to leadership and where they are they are a mess because they are not sure they can do it. What advice would you have for them? I think if we're talking specifically about public speaking and presentation, I mean, there is no miracle mm -hmm. solved, right? You have to work on that. You have to put in the effort to present and fail in a safe environment and learn from those mistakes and welcome the feedback. And so as I mentioned, and you mentioned, we know each other for a long time now <laughs> through, through Toastmasters. I mean, I've started working on this um, 12, 15 years ago, um, primarily because I was presenting in a language that is different from my from my first language, and I felt, uh, you know, 15 years ago I couldn't speak up in English because mm -hmm. I felt that um, it was I, I didn't know what to say fluently. I guess mm -hmm. um, so. Obviously, I, I went a long way. There is no miracle. You just have to put in the effort um, for for imposter syndrome. More generally, I think. There are a couple of tools that, that help me uh, and, and that continue to help me. And the, the, the first one is to realize that everybody has one, you know, some shape or form of imposter syndrome. And actually, there is a research that was published in 2019 that found that there is no difference in the rates of men and women suffering from imposter syndrome. I thought that was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, that is. That's surprising. That's surprising, right? We always think, oh, imposter syndrome is primarily women, etc. Actually, no. And so for me, it's, you know, stopping focusing on myself mm -hmm. and opening to others, embracing that others' actions or words, um, you know, may start from a, from a different place. Just, just embracing people's thoughts with an open mind helps connect better and, and achieve better as, as a team. And then the other the other thing that um, that I find really helpful in order to overcome imposter feeling is to just acknowledge the thoughts. Mm -hmm. So we you know we learn that through mindfulness, and I did practicing mindfulness for for quite some time now. And it's just just simply observing that thought as opposed to engaging in it and going through mm -hmm. that circle. For me, what works very well is just to close my eyes and seeing those thoughts as, as if you were watching leaves you know, mm. running through a stream or clouds go in the sky because there is wind. And that's, that visualization exercise is incredibly helpful to me on a, on a daily basis. Oh, what a beautiful visual, Clemence, where you see these thoughts, just see them as, as leaves in a river, they just, you know, they're just floating by and you don't have to engage with them. You don't have to do anything. They're just there. Exactly. Just acknowledge and let them go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, so, and, and obviously, as, as you mentioned before, right, 
And then that means that if you let them go, you have the time to prepare and therefore realize that you've prepared. And so you're going to be successful. <laughs> no matter. Yeah. So trusting your preparation. That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, I completely agree with you. I cannot recommend Toastmasters highly enough, uh, especially if you are somebody for whom English is not the first language. Uh, you know, I have also, I, well, I am not doing it anymore, but I did it for a good 12 years. And mm -hmm. there is just so much that I got out of it. Like, as you mentioned, there is no shortcut to becoming a good public speaker. You do have to go through that work. That's right. Clavance, thank you so much for sharing this experience. I'm so glad your presentation was a, a, a total hit <laughs> and, a, and a huge success. Uh, how can our audience reach you? if they have questions about this episode. Sure, I'd be happy to answer any question. You can um, reach out to me through my LinkedIn profile. Um, my name is somewhat unique, but you you know you can find me easily on LinkedIn um, or you can find me at uh, clemencetiradon.com and that's my, that's my website. And I will make sure I include both of those in the show notes. Uh, I'm, I'm also going to include some of your uh, talks that are public, Clemence. Sure. Because I would love to share, like, what a great speaker you are. And yet, before a presentation, you have doubts. And I still do. And I still do. When I look back at those talks, I feel I could have done so much better. But that's part of the, that's part of the continuous improvement. And that's a critical part of improving oneself, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Well, Clemence, thank you so much for uh, being a part of this podcast and for sharing your unseen battle with us. Thank you so much for the invite, Parul. I'm really excited. Thank you so much. And all the best with your new podcast. Thank you. I am new to podcasting. So if you have any feedback, please do share it with me. You can reach me through LinkedIn or contact me on unseenbattlespodcast.com. I would love to hear from you.